Hello everyone. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Uh, it's 2022. I'm really looking forward to this year. Thank you for joining me here today. This is the start of my third year doing this webinar focusing on construction claims. Uh, for those of you joining me for the very first time, welcome. My name is Tashia Rasul. I'm a partner here at Lois Law Firm where I defend uh, workers' compensation claims in New York, and my specialty is construction claims. I've been working on these construction claims for so many years now. Um, I've seen the, the, the pros and cons of certain defense tactics, what works, what doesn't work, um, the problems we're facing with coverage issues and the wrap-up programs, and I decided that it might be a good idea to do a webinar uh, addressing some of the issues and the reasons why we want to coordinate with a third-party component of the uh, of the the workers' compensation claim. So every month, I've been focusing on a different topic. For those of you who've been joining me for the past two years, thank you for continuing to watch and sending me your questions and your comments. Um, I have some fresh material this year. I may have a couple of surprise uh, uh, guests speakers on here to talk to you about some other issues that we saw coming up last year and I'm really looking forward to it. Today I'm going to let's let's see what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the benefits of coordination. This is what I have been preaching for the past several years. We need to coordinate with the General Liability Defense Council, the the third party side of your workers' compensation claim. And we're gonna talk about the reasons why, we're gonna talk about how we can save you money, reduce litigation costs, um, some legal issues, uh, specifically collateral estoppel, and most importantly probably is reaching global settlements in a very timely manner. Uh, this is a live webinar, so at the end you can ask your questions and I will provide an answer. The box is gonna look like this, so you can just type it in there. All right. So let's get into it. The big question is why? Why do we collaborate and coordinate? I mean, we have the workers' comp claim that moves, a such, moves at such a quick pace and we can wrap it up in a couple of years. Why not just wrap it up and let the GL claim do its thing? The main reason, money, exposure, cost savings to the client. So let's talk about the three C's that I focus on. These construction claims, the accidents that arise in a construction job site, they're catastrophic, they're complex, and they are costly. Millions and millions and millions of dollars are being spent defending these construction claims every single year. The owners, the wrap-up owners, the OSIPs, the CSIPs, spend a fortune trying to defend these claims, and it's partly because the claimants are really milking the general liability side of it, right? The laws are very favorable. Next month, we're gonna talk about the laws and the ins and outs of them, but the labor law is very favorable to the claimant. Workers' comp is also favorable to the claimant too, right? But that's why we're here. Um, there are two different claims. They move at two different pace. The workers' comp claim can end in about two years if you don't do anything much on it, just let it go from inception to permanency. It'll end in two years, but it'll probably cost you an arm and a leg if you just let it run its course. And the general liability side of it can drag on for years, five years, six years. We're still not a trial. Who knows what's going on? Can we settle it out already? 
And it's two different court systems, right? The workers' comp claim is, uh, is uh, administrative through the workers' compensation board. And the general liability side of it is in civil court. So the rules are different. Um, there are certain things that uh, can happen in workers' comp that would not be allowed in uh, civil court and vice versa also. <clears throat> and then there's one solid protocol for the coordination, right? And because it's one, and it's really simple at the end of the day, and I'll show you how. We'll be going through all of the ins and outs and what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and how it should be done. And it's really simple as long as we have a protocol and we're able to follow it. So this is, this is the reason why we need to coordinate, right? There's a lot of things going on here. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the tactics that we use. Now, as I mentioned briefly, there are differences in the litigation pacing. And because of this, whatever you do in the workers' comp claim can really impact your general liability claim. If you accept it for too many body parts in the very beginning, it's really difficult to go back right, unless you're pursuing fraud and have enough evidence to pursue fraud to get those body parts rescinded. So every claim should be looked at very carefully from the very beginning. It's better to deny and do a proper investigation and then accept than to outright accept the claim. I'd always recommend a denial over an acceptance any day. You wouldn't be penalized for a, a denial that's, um, that's based on, on good faith. Um, there are differences in the timelines and the disclosure rules. So timelines, it happens much quicker in workers' comp. Uh, it, with regard to disclosure rules, a great example is if we get surveillance in the workers' comp side and we decide not to use it, we can simply deep six it and then no one would know about it. On the general liability side, if uh, surveillance is obtained and your counsel knows about it, they do have the obligation to disclose it. So that's why we recommend doing the... Um, the surveillance on the workers' comp side also. There are disparities in the claimant's counsel's domain competence and their uh, motivation, right? Their motivation is money, 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 money. They go to trial, they get these multi-million dollar jury, uh, jury verdicts, or they try to settle their claims for millions of dollars. But how do they build up their claim? They build it up through the workers' comp, right? It's a work-related accident. They're going to tell the claimant to go get all the body parts established, all of the surgeries, all of the treatment, add psych into a finger claim. Why not? I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. I, st I still don't get it, but it happens, right? And that's how they build up their uh, third-party claim. However, we've noticed that the plaintiff's bar, they're really aligned, right? They, they, they're, they're all on board with each other. Um, <clears throat> Their tactics, their, uh, the, the claims they're going to bring, the injuries that they're going after, the particular jurisdiction, they know all of those things very well. Now, why is the defense bar not on the same board? Why are all of your panel attorneys not you know, really pushing to get the claim disallowed or get body parts disallowed or really um, creating some kind of jeopardy in your, in, in your workers' comp claims? Because at the end of the day, we're not only looking at your exposure in the workers' comp claim, we're looking also at your exposure in the general liability claim and overall that you're spending for that particular accident that happened to that particular claimant. 
So we need we need to you know parse out some of these uh, disparities, and we really need to um, be attacking what the claimants' counsel are all on board with. They're collaborating with each other. They know they they know they know by now what our defenses are. But so what? We need to continue um, setting up our defenses. We need to be getting the evidence, and we need to be communicating with each other because they're communicating with each other. And creating jeopardy. I mean. That's our middle name here at Lois. That's what we do. We just create jeopardy in their cases, whether it's getting benefits suspended, even if it's for a temporary period of time, appealing things where the law judges are making ridiculous decisions and not following the law. We've seen a lot of good results and appeals and just simply moving the cases along, right? Why, why drag it on? Take advantage of uh, 15-3W benefits, uh, uh, credit. Um, all of those things are available to us. Get the IMEs. Um, uh, you know, push push the claimant's doctors to uh, write a note returning them to work, um, getting uh, competent medical evidence, doing the surveillance and stuff like that. All of those things that we are pushing for. We should never just let the case float along. And as we're doing these things, it's important to communicate with your general liability defense counsel within reason, of course, right? With Without um, violating any HIPAA um, rules or any kind of um, privileges um, or, or any anything like that. So the key is to communicate with your general liability defense counsel. We can save some money. So this is the other reason why. Saving money to the clients. Like I mentioned, millions of dollars are spent every year on these construction claims. By coordinating with general liability counsel, coordinating defense, you can reduce litigation costs. You can avoid duplicative efforts. For example, get your surveillance on the workers' comp side, get your subpoena, uh, issue your subpoenas on the workers' comp side, file it with the board, it becomes part of the, the, the board file, which is accessible to your defense counsel. All they need is a release. And the end all is lower settlements. A lot of our claims um, settle earlier when we are collaborating with General Liability Council, uh, sharing the information we have, we're talking about the defenses and the potential exposure, and we're doing a global settlement, whether it's through uh, informal communications or uh, mediation, where we're also present to help uh, negotiate the lien and provide any information with regards to the workers' comp claim. Over the past several years, I've seen my clients save millions and millions of dollars because they have the workers' comp information at their fingertips when they're moving to settle these claims. And they're not settling, settling them separately. They're settling, they're doing the global settlements, full and final. The MSAs are being done and everything's wrapped up and the case has gotten rid of. <clears throat> Collateral estoppel. So I, I took this one out. It's, it's a very specific um, legal issue. And I, this one's really important because whatever happens in your workers' comp claim, like I said, could have an impact on your third-party claim, right? And this includes any findings on your, in your workers' comp claim uh, that a work-related accident happened, that the claimant was an employee, that certain body parts were established as work-related, that a surgery was work-related. You're stuck with that in your workers' comp claim, right? And they're using it to build up their third-party claim. So this is something we're always focused on. Whenever we get a good finding in our claim, we're sharing it with defense counsel on the third-party side. 
um, because they can raise collateral estoppel if the claimant, let's say, for example, the back was disallowed in the workers' comp claim and the claimant is claiming it on the general liability side. Hold on, wait, the back is not a work-related injury, so it shouldn't be included on the general liability side. And we know that's where a lot of the money is, right? Right now, post-concussion syndrome or traumatic brain injury, those are the ones that uh, plaintiff's attorney uh, plaintiff's attorneys are pushing for because that's where the money was. Many years ago, it was a back fusion, but honestly, traumatic brain injury, that's a new back fusion, that's where the money is. So you'll see a lot of claims being brought for that. So getting it disallowed on your workers' comp claim can be really big savings for you on the general liability side. Global settlements. This is something I talk to my clients day about day in and day out. And we're not talking about just the workers' comp, a full and final indemnity and medical. We're talking about wrapping up both the workers' comp and the general liability claim together. We're doing either a, um, a, a, a full lien waiver or a partial lien waiver in exchange for a Section 32. Rarely do we do the, the globals where there's fresh money moving on the workers' comp side. And at the end of the day, just crunching the numbers, see how much you already paid out on the claim, what your recoverable lien would be, and using it as a negotiation tool for a lower general liability settlement has really helped to save clients a lot of money, and it's something we push for. Of course, there's once in a while where we're not able to settle out both of them because of any number of issues, and we have to do a standalone settlement, but the grand majority that I've seen that my office handles these construction claims, we settle them out doing the global settlement, and we've actually seen the numbers at the end of the day, how they're much less than if we were to settle them out separately. So that's that's a, yet another reason and a really big reason why we do the collaboration. Uh, with regards to the early settlements, as I noted earlier, the general liability claims, they drag on and on, right? So pursuing settlements, especially when your workers' comp claim is about a year or two old, nips a lot of litigation costs in the bud and a lot of time and resources. So instead of dragging it out for five or six years, we get the settlement early. Um, your defense attorney should be, your, your GL defense attorney should be able to price the cases for you. We price the cases for you and then we try to move it along. We have seen that the plaintiff's bar is amenable to early settlement because you know what? They're moving on to the next case that they're gonna try to file and get millions of dollars on, right? So the key is really to do the early settlements. They're a little more amenable to being more um, reasonable as long as we have everything teed up on our end. All right, so that's a brief overview. I'm keeping it short and sweet for the new year. Um, uh, throughout this year, we're going to take a closer look at achieving these goals. We're going to talk about risk reduction and transfer schemes. I'm going to have my colleague come in and we can talk a little bit about that and the trends that we've been seeing in the construction claims. Um, a lot of the construction claim, uh, construction projects in New York, the grand majority, if not all of them, are some kind of a wrap-up, either an OSIP or a CSIP. So we'll talk about the ins and outs of that. I'll give you tips for the coordination, the protocol, what should be included, who should be included, um, doing a test run, and I will give you examples of how I've actually seen it run and how I've actually seen it fail 
um, to, to for, for us to understand what works best. As always, I will keep you updated of any um, pertinent law, any case wins that my office has had uh, that are pertinent to construction. And we've been seeing a lot of coverage issues come up in these construction claims. So I'm gonna talk a lot about that this year also because I've seen some clients that have been stuck with um, a claim when their policy is clearly not liable and then they bring it to us and you know we try to clean it up and take it to the third department. We have a few of those pending. So hopefully this year we'll have some good news. We're trying to make law with the issue of coverage because the board, the judges, the board panel, they don't, they don't get it. And a lot of times it's um, coverage is found as a matter of technicality and not really following the law. So that's something we're tracking this year also. Um, so that's it. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I will see you here uh, again next month. Oh, I forgot the date in February, but I believe it's like February 6th or 7th, always the first Monday of the month. Um, if you have any questions ahead of time, feel free to send them to me, give me a call. If you have any specific topics, I'm taking topics also. If you want me to do a presentation on a specific topic, feel free to let me know. Um, so for those of you who have been following me for so long, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you the first time here, um, welcome, and I hope you're going to follow, uh, keep on following me. I didn't see any questions coming, but let me check one more time. I still have no questions. Well, I guess that was short and sweet and uh, you enjoyed it, hopefully. But send me your questions uh, uh, ahead of next time if you'd like me to answer them or if you think of something later today. Feel free to send me an email or give me a call. All right, everyone, have a happy new year and I'll see you right here next month. Take care.